0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Government policy has a cost. Every law and regulation passed by the government has a human toll. The Cost, a series of We Are Libertarians, is a one-on-one interview that tells the story of an average person as they deal with the outcome of policy. I'm Chris Spangle. This next episode of The Cost was recorded in 2014 with my friend Woody and his wife Linda Martell, and Greg Lenz was there also. We interview Woody about his daughter, who was put into prison for selling a few pills and got 16 years, which ended up being a death sentence. You'll hear the inhumane treatment that she received as over 100 people saw Rachel dying and only one person acted. Just a little update to the story, Woody ended up suing and has already won one of the malpractice cases and is moving through the court system with the others. We'll talk to Woody soon and give you an update on his story, but through the process of discovery in the lawsuit, he has found that many people knew about Rachel's condition and it is all documented. Rachel could have received help but few people did anything. So now here is Woody's story. Woody, how did we how did we meet? Uh, we're going to talk to give a, people a brief overview of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Woody and I met met a few years ago, and uh, there was a situation with his daughter. And we're going to talk about the cost of privatizing prison, prisons and privatizing services. And I know I've alluded to Woody's story on the podcast in the past, uh, but we, wanna, we want to we want to tell Rachel's story, to put it out there so people understand the cost of uh, of some of this, these privatizations and the failures at, at some of these levels, uh, when most of us as libertarians would think that privatization would be a good thing. There's very real human costs uh, involved in this. And uh, right off the bat, I want to say that we're going to have a petition in the description of this podcast. You can find it at WeAreLibertarians.com on our Facebook page. And we want you to go sign the petition, uh, and we want you to share this story. We want you to uh share it with your friends and family. So it's, so to be frank, we want it to go viral because we want people to understand uh the costs that go along with some of this. Um and, and it's been do you have any idea what year we might have, was it twenty twelve? Yeah, twenty thirteen, early twenty thirteen? April thirteenth, twenty twelve, uh and we met around that time, uh, in twenty thirteen. So uh Woody, why don't you tell the just kind of uh it's gonna be uh, a kind of a tough podcast yeah. to listen to, I think. Um we're all a little little tense already just from the, the brief conversation. Uh, Woody's daughter was arrested. She had a complicated uh blood disease went to prison, it wasn't treated properly by uh, the private medical company that the government contracted to take care of Rachel and other inmates in Indiana, and Rachel died on April 13, 2012. Uh, and we're going to talk about that story and the cost there. And, um, you know, first off, we haven't reached out to Horizon. we haven't reached out to the state of Indiana, Woody's just a personal friend. What Woody says is his opinion. What Linda says is her opinion. The same for myself and Greg. You know, I have personally combed through all the documents that Woody has. I've helped uh, go to meetings with lawyers with Woody. I've helped set up a lot of stuff. And I can tell you with absolute certainty that what he says uh, can be verified by fact, at least uh, most of it. Now, some of his opinions. Woody, you'll get to know uh, he's a little unfiltered. Uh, <laughs> if you think Maya is a ballbuster, wait till we get Woody on the podcast or, uh, to to give me crap. But uh, so, how did we end up getting in touch? What was the catalyst for you getting in touch with me?
1: Um, well, I couldn't get nobody from the government to listen. Um, I kept getting excuses, so I was going through the internet and and I was thinking, um, uh, you know who uh, who's going to run for office? Uh, that needs some, uh, something that they can get involved with that's going to help them. So when I started looking on the Internet, uh, your name came up. So I read a little bit about you, and um, that's when I made a phone call to you. And about after three or four days, I figured, well, that's probably a, another wasted call. But you did call me back, and we met and, and went from there.
0: And you, you tried reaching out to Republicans, Democrats, reporters, government yes. officials at yep. every level. Yes. Uh, long after everything had gone on, almost a yes. year later, over the course of a year, just trying to get somebody to listen to your story. Uh, can you talk about some of the people that you reached out to that the doors were just kind of closed?
1: Um, oh, who was our uh, – oh, uh, Delaney. Delaney. Yeah, I I called his office several times. Uh, His co-worker or the gentleman, I think his name is Mark.
0: Your state representative. Right, this is my
1: state representative. Uh, And I'm I'm just thinking uh, the gentleman's name, but he said, oh, Mr. Laney would want in this. This is right before election. Uh, Yes, he's interested. He wants to talk to you. Um, But I did forget on... uh, what day time and year he wanted to do this because uh my doors were slammed every time i i contacted uh he would always say well yeah he does want to talk to you but he never did he, he never reached back to me uh daniels the uh, same way the governor of indiana Go- at the governor the time. of indiana same way uh i was reaching out to him before rachel passed away and uh, uh just it was blank May as well talk to a wall.
0: Right, uh, you you know before Rachel passed away, you tried to get in touch with the ombudsman, the yep. head of the Department of Corrections, oh, the yes. head of all these prisons. Yes. Uh, what media did you reach out to, you know, over the course of that year? And what, you know, the problem as somebody who's been in politics and who worked in media in in different forms. You get a lot of these stories, and it's hard to tell who's telling the truth. And it's very time—it's time-consuming. It's complicated. It's emotional, uh, and you, you've got seven hours to spend on a story because you've got to hit a deadline. So you get these stories, and you go, "Well, that's that's tough." So on to uh, Indy's top singles here in town. Our know? top ten list. Right, our top ten list of the best-dressed uh, politicians in Indiana. You know so it so it can be uh hard to even get the media to listen to a yes. story where yeah. where a no, situation, they want it. yeah and and to be frank, when we first met, you had no idea what happened to Rachel, how she passed away, what caused it uh and it wasn't until we kind of put together with a a friend of mine who is uh who has gone to medical school that could explain some of that, and when you can't Succinctly give the story in five minutes to a reporter. They don't listen. I mean, so how in your interactions with the media
1: w- did you find that to be true? Um, what I did with the media, and, and you know, well, is I had boxes of, of documents uh, from uh horizon from the prisons to prove everything I said it backed up the autopsy, even backed up and. In, in, uh, and said to give a list of the medications that are in the body and uh, give what the body's supposed to take and like one, the body was only supposed to have 240. She had 3,660 in her. Uh, They had tranquilizers in her just trying to shut her up. Uh, She she couldn't walk. But uh, anyway, with all these documents, uh, the media still didn't want it because it's a hard story to tell without something backing you up and I have the documents every one of them uh you know from you know uh the autopsy uh, what what they say final at the end what was the Linda
2: therapeutic misadventure yeah therapeutic
1: mm-hmm. misadventure and uh that's that's a screw up from the doctors and uh hospitals and
0: right so one candidate in indiana rupert bonum uh the guy from survivor that everybody laughed off as a joke one of his key platforms in 2012 when he ran for governor was uh treating prisoners humanely uh fair sentencing that criminals are human beings too as opposed to mike pence who said you know it's great applause line but not necessarily good policy that if you commit a crime in indiana it should be the worst place in the nation to to do so and we're going to lock you up and throw away the key, and we're going to privatize as much as we can. You know, where Rupert has worked with people in and out of the criminal justice system. And you, you've told me that that, that – uh, Rupert being in the debates, you hearing that, uh, hearing a libertarian given an alternate viewpoint kind of gave you the idea that maybe you'd want to reach out to somebody who was a libertarian, and that's right. how you eventually got to no, That's correct. Right? That's
1: correct, Yeah, uh, because the Democrats and Republicans – um kind of try to sweep it underneath the rug so um uh you know like i said when i went on the internet and looked it came up libertarians uh, and then i started reading down through there and and your name was in there quite a bit
0: yeah i know I, I president do my, i do my best uh hey everybody listen to me <laughs> uh so so we started talking and it did uh it did take me a couple of weeks to get back to you but i finally met you and uh you know, you invited me over to the house and you know, you invite me over to your house. I just go over to a stranger's house and <laughs> hang out. Uh, and then you bring a box of documents and we start looking it over and you tell me the story and it just, you know, you had been working with a lawyer for a very long time. Uh, several different lawyers, several different lawyers. And Woody is tough on lawyers. This, this is the guy that you want heading up the bar association. I'm telling <laughs> you. Like nobody gives lawyers more crap than this guy mm-hmm. here. Uh, And uh, this one legitimately so. He was just – a lot of times you'd think that a lawyer would hear this story, hear the situation, and want to do – want to help their client get justice. Uh, This particular person, in my opinion, uh, without naming names, was spinning the wheels, racking up the hours, not doing a darn thing, and and exploiting the situation to – and and almost missing deadlines because, you know – when we first met therapeutic misadventure essentially means uh, medical malpractice, and uh what a
3: creative name
0: yeah and that isn't that right. creative and there are time limits, statute of limitations for you to file certain yes. uh things, and this guy was gonna let some of that pass right uh so you, you know you originally uh there are a couple of different lawsuits on two different levels that are currently pending that we're not going to really get into. We're just going to kind of stick to the story uh, that I have seen the documents for, uh, because we don't want to affect the outcomes. Now, so right up front, want to be honest, what are the two lawsuits that you're you're currently uh, that you filed uh, um, about this situation.
1: Malpractice and uh, civil rights. Right.
0: So you were uh, you were suing uh, medical malpractice both Corizon, uh, the doctors S- involved, nurses. Several
1: doctors, several nurses,
2: several right. facilities.
1: Yeah.
0: Several facilities. So
2: Corizon plus right. the the hospitals that she was in.
0: And then filing a civil rights suit, Against which all you, them
1: and the state
0: and the state. Uh, which is a, that's a federal level. Uh,
1: no, okay. it's a state level. Is it? Okay. Yeah.
3: Arizona has one of those pending as well. The ACLU filed it against Corizon. Against Horizon. And we'll get into who, this. Who does? The ACLU. Well,
1: oh. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah we'll, there's, but if you look up Corizon, though, there's <laughs> Only there's lawsuits. Hundreds, hundreds, yeah.
3: Yeah. So we'll get to
0: Corizon in just a minute. But what, and feel free to be honest about this, uh, what is the reason that you filed these lawsuits? Because I think people hear that and they go, oh, well, Well, they're out for money.
1: Well, the reason I filed the lawsuits, um, you know, I'm a grieving father and still am and always will. I wanted revenge. And uh, to me, lawsuits is not the way to get revenge. Revenge is somebody needs to be held accountable for and go to jail. Right. uh, Until I talk to you.
0: <laughs> uh, you've you've alluded uh, to bp
1: yeah yeah so uh
0: explain uh, explain the bp analogy that that you shared with us earlier
1: um well
0: meaning people
2: he believes that when the oil spill happened and bp yeah. bp um Arrest or had their two vice presidents got arrested for it as negligent. That's what we'd like to see. Yeah, because if if we got true justice, somebody would go to jail for what they did.
1: Because they arrested these guys because they knew there was a problem in that oil well. Right. And they ignored it. Now, what's the difference here with Rachel? Corizon knew it, our government knew it, and they ignored it. And then, uh, and we'll get into
0: into all that in just a moment. Um, I mean,
1: that's just like GM. Now they're talking about arresting them because right. they knew ahead of time what's the difference here. Right. I mean, if you can explain to me so I can understand, then I'd be all right. But yeah, I don't think there's any way that can happen.
0: So we met, and and uh, you know, you and I talked about you starting a grassroots campaign to to get people arrested and. Uh, which is sort of something we 're beginning today uh, you know, oh, yes. and, 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 and and you know you you also talked about um, you know going and lobbying your state legislators, which you had tried, uh, and I gave you the advice that you should sue and now i 've always been a person that believes that uh, generally what I think most of us think if you sue for medical malpractice, if you sue for these things you're that people are generally out for money but you know, the more that I really thought about it, Rachel was legitimately wronged. It's very clear in the documents that you have. And what language do these people speak? It's money. We don't have a, a, a legal system that allows for the proper justice for this family or for you know the restitution that they'd like to see, which is people being arrested for their daughter dying unnecessarily.
1: Yeah, but if uh, you know, if my child was under my care. And they died. I'd be held responsible. Mm-hmm. What makes them above me? What right. makes them better than me? Right. They're not. We're supposed to be equal.
0: Right. And it was my advice to you to to get a new yeah. lawyer and start and start yes, looking into lawsuits. Uh, and
1: yeah, because that was the furthest thing from my mind.
0: Right. Uh, so, taxpayers, you can thank me. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's
3: it's a sad state of affairs that in the private prison system, lawsuits are your only system of accountability, transparency.
1: Yeah, but your right. attorney general makes that decision if it goes to court or not. If he would have took the time and investigated like his job is supposed to be, then we wouldn't be having all this. He'll say, yes, we were in the wrong. I'm sorry, this is law, so... We're going to end this right now. But no, he likes to do every case that goes in front of him. He does not inspect them, uh, you know, investigate it all. He automatically turns it over to some lawyer and say, fight them. So, no, there's taxpayer, the only, taxpayers' money wasted.
3: They only want sure things. Yeah, yeah. They only want laydowns. Uh, so
0: you, you did go to try and keep the state accountable. Yes. You went and filed tor- for tort, uh, a tort claim. Yes. And what, what was the result of that? Can you explain what that is? The process. Uh, A tort claim
1: is something you gotta you gotta file. um, They'll let them be aware that uh, the suit's coming. Now, when this all went to the attorney general, he's supposed to look at that, turn it over to somebody in his office to investigate it, and then advise him which way to go. I guess this is how they do it. They sit down and talk, or they've got their minds made up before it's investigated. Uh, but then uh, he makes a decision if it goes on to court or if they settle right now, okay so he he chose with all the documents saying and showing everybody was in the wrong that you know we're well we take hadn't it to court. even
2: shared those documents with them yet. they yeah, made the that determination even... that it was an uh, i i can't remember the exact words, but it was basically an unvalid claim without any discovery
1: yeah now they didn't look they didn't not look at any of these papers, okay this reminds me of when I tried to do this by myself, I, I went after the Terre Haute prosecutor uh, because that's the hospital she was at. He kept ignoring my phone calls, so I left him a, a, a sweet message <coughs> stating that uh, either you call me or the media will call you. Well, in 10 minutes, he was on the phone talking to me. Sure, uh, It's kind of funny how people jump when the media is involved.
0: I have a, very, I have a, a friend... Uh, a close friend who has a very serious legal situation, very dangerous situation, talked to nine different government agencies to try and get help. No one oh. would help her until she showed up to the Channel 6. Ten minutes later, there's a police officer there to take a statement.
4: So, oh, you know, And yeah.
0: unfortunately, if you're listening and you have friends or family or acquaintances who are in these kind of tough situations, that's, a, that's leverage, man. Call Rafael Sanchez at Channel 6 or Kara Kenny or... You know your local investigative team at at your local paper, your local TV station, and you'll get you'll get answers a lot
1: of times. Yeah, but a lot of them on this case blew it off. They didn't want it, right? Like fifty nine and all them, they didn't want. They didn't. they
2: didn't. They wanted the story as long as they didn't bring the government and they didn't bring Horizon and they didn't bring any sort of political agenda. Yeah, so they wanted it as public interest story. We weren't. We're not interested in in sharing the story just. To share our grief. To, We're interested right. in, we want change. Then right. Um,
3: accountability.
2: Yeah, all right.
1: right. And then that prosecutor in Terry Holt says, okay, he goes, uh, I understand. I'm so sorry about your loss. Uh, I'll have an investigator get a hold of you. Well, I'm not giving any names, but a state officer called and got my side of the story. And then two days later, he called me up and says, well, I'm done. I said, wow, that's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nobody did anything wrong. I said, really? Two days? You're pretty good, sir. And uh, Can I have a copy of that report? And he said, sure can. I'll email it to you. Well, for one, he couldn't spell her name right, didn't get her birthday right, didn't get her age right. So that kind of tells you where his mind and everybody was going on over there in Terre Haute area on, on a, an investigation. Yeah. They didn't
4: care.
0: So let's let's talk a little bit about Corizon. We're let's get into into the details here. So we've given kind of an overview of, of what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about uh, wh- who is Corizon. It's not just the it's not the only company out there that does this, but we're using them as sort of uh, as as uh, we're making an example of them for for what goes on in a lot of our different prison systems uh, and a lot of so called freedom republicans. Well, push for this kind of privatization. Who who is Corizon, Greg
3: Corizon is a, a company. It's used to be correctional uh, correctional medical services, and then in 2011 they merged with PHS, Private Health Systems, or Prison Health Systems, also known as PHS Correctional Healthcare. <clears throat> that was their largest competitor. So now they are the 800-pound girl in the room. No one's close. They're in 28 states. They're private, and they have over a billion and a half in annual revenue. Yeah, but you're
1: being dropped in some of the states.
3: They've lost some. They're getting ready to lose Florida if they don't yep. uh, conform on an audit. They're having the same issues that... Right. Clearly, you have encountered. Um, Arizona has an ACL law, ACLU lawsuit against them, and they have had more prisoners die by an average of about forty percent from 2010 to 2012 since contracting out to them. Sure. Uh,
1: so now, it' most of that money leaving this state. I mean, uh, oh yeah, they're
3: based out of they're now they're in Brentwood, Tennessee. Originally, Tennessee, they were right? in Missouri, but since they merged, they became the major major player.
1: And I believe they're getting three hundred. Uh, Three hundred fifty million from Indiana.
3: From Indiana, and so the way it works is this: is they look at, and I actually in Indiana, I just started doing some investigating to see how do they get in. Essentially, who's their contact? What they do is they hire people.
0: By the by the way, uh, guys, Greg's the one who knows stuff on this show, so that I need, <laughs> go, go. ahead. Yeah.
3: So, in in two thousand and eleven, they ended up hiring an individual named Bob Burns here in Indiana. Bob Burns, prior to being the regional director for Horizon, actually started, he actually had a small correctional management company called Correctional Management Company. But prior to that, he was superintendent of the Department of Correction for 21 years. Yep. So they hired the guy that created the system. Then he started a for-profit system once it looked like it would be privatized. He made money, Corizon bought them out with his business partner, who was the legal counsel for the Department of Correction for 21 years. What state is this? Indiana. Indiana. Okay. All right. So it makes it pretty easy to have the governor's uh, phone number on speed dial when you just go around hiring his appointees and winning contracts, which in many states, are there's no competitor. So there's a lawsuit right now in the state of Tennessee going on because Corizon hired the person who awards the contract. It's a procure- procurement lawsuit going on right now. Right. So they hired a guy whose wife got a VP job with Horizon, essentially the job Bob Burns has here. Mm. And they hired her. Oh, of course not. Even though their bid was $15 million more than that next competitor, there was no wrongdoing. Right. I'm sure it wasn't influenced at all. It's only, you know, husband and spouse. Right. That's pretty much their standard operating procedure. They go around offering... Somewhere between probably one hundred eighty-five to $300,000 a year jobs. They're a private company, so they're probably intent on going public, so they dangle stock options at you in equity. Once it goes public, you're a millionaire with a mid-six-figures job. You just make sure the contract always re- is retained. So what,
0: what does the contract say that their function is? So what? they are to provide... Explain a, user experience.
3: Okay, so user experience is, instead of the prisons hiring their own doctors, nurses, medical practitioners, they outsource it. To a third-party provider. So now they have, quote-unquote, oversight and agreements in place for what they're supposed to provide. And then they establish with the state it's a per diem. And the per diem in Indiana over this period is $9.41 per prisoner with a cap of about $293 million over a three-year period from January 2014 through the end of 2016. Okay. So $9.41 per day. Do we have any idea,
0: and maybe this is a question I should have asked you before we started this podcast, but do we have any idea, what, like, what is the average cost of an American's health care per day? I mean, it can't be $9, especially, you know, when we get into kind of what Rachel suffered from, it definitely was not $9. It was far more than that, I'm sure.
3: No, and especially with the baby boomers being the largest demographic, you would have to be closer to Twenty six, twenty seven dollars per day. Right. When you factor it all the way out, and keep in mind, most that's tax dollars because another large majority are on Medicaid, and Medicaid's not. Ter- they don't administer it. You know, they sub doctors that do it, but they say this is what you get, and that's it.
0: So we we have a situation. We have talked about this before, but let's reiterate it. How does a company show profit? If they need to make a profit, they they do it in three three or four ways. Okay. Number one is they cut back what. Profit shares they give back to their stockholders. Yep. Uh, now we've talked about how they don't want to do that because they want to maybe take the company private and then
3: buy all their competitors and then and buy all their premium. competitors
0: and charge a premium. Uh, you can cut. Uh, you can cut fixed costs. Cut fixed costs, which you can't because you're locked into a 350 million dollar deal for how many years?
3: For it goes through 2016, and the option to renew for two periods after that for two years.
0: All right. So it's a, it was a five year contract. It's
3: or? it's three with the option That's for seven. Three.
0: Three. Okay, uh, they're they're locked into a three year rate. That's what they're getting because it's a government monopoly. Let's be honest. When we talk about government privatization in this day and age, it's not. It's a monopoly. It's a government sanctioned monopoly. Uh, and personally, I'm all for privatizing assets. You can you you know the toll road, the parking meters here in Indiana. Uh, go for it. Whatever. You know, it's just another way the government's screwing it up. But when we're talking about human lives, it's a different situation. So they're at a fixed cost with this government monopoly. So they can't cut shareholders' shares. They can't cut the. Uh, you can't have what they one charge. doctor
3: for an entire prison. Right. That's a you know a GP in trying right. to do eye surgery. Right. And and then but they have one hospital. Yeah, one hospital is what they do. Def- Essentially control costs. Right, right.
1: Yeah, because they drove Rachel from one end of the state as critical as she was, clear to the by ambulance, to the other end of the state. Right. That's so, another thing they're in trouble
3: for. They're doing it with pregnant women. They're taking them hmm. from Plainfield to Anderson, Indiana to give birth. Which is but Ander- a two hour drive not
0: their hospital. Which is mm-hmm. a two hour drive. And yeah. it's so, just for all right. Right. Yeah. so the third way that you show profit is you cut cut jobs and you take uh, you pay less, you cut jobs. And you cut services in this situation, you know in a business you you take the you pay your people less you uh, don't provide them as many benefits you don 't provide as good of a service and that 's exactly what 's happened in this case to to In my opinion, the way that Horizon is showing a profit is they're cutting the services to the most vulnerable. The people who don't have the option to leave the hospital and go to, you know, you can't go from Eskenazi here in town to St. Vincent's to St. Francis to community, you know, the four hospitals here in town. You don't have that choice. You're in prison. You're stuck and you're at the mercy of what the prison guards and what the state has contracted with this company. And uh, so, and who, if, if there is a problem, who's going to believe them because they're criminals anyways, right? Uh, and again, I would refer you, you all to go watch the documentary The House I Live In on Netflix or, or – I don't know if it's on Netflix currently on streaming, but look it up and watch The House I Live In because this goes directly to – this stems, this entire story stems out of the attitude that anyone who's ever committed a crime is worth less than anyone who has not, and that is completely false.
3: No, pretty much all of us commit at least a minor felony every day. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's so impossible not to.
0: <laughs> so what? Are, what are some other f- facts about Corizon that we ought to be aware of?
3: Well, the the really interesting one to me is one. You were right. I mean, Minnesota they're reviewing yes. theirs. Um, state after state, this is bec this is starting to catch traction, and that's been the big issue. The reason it's taken so long, in my opinion, is you what you were talking about, where the prisoners are the product. Hmm. And that's what people don't see. Is people think about it where the Indiana citizen is the person benefiting, right? We're spending less money; it's more efficient. All these things. In reality, those are our neighbors, family, brothers, sisters, everything. And it's what's actually happening is we're just getting a crappier product. Yeah, we're getting a used Dodson under a you know brand new Chevy Silverado brand. And what's ha- and the, but this is reality. These are people and they've infected people with HIV by reusing new needles in right. Arizona. Yep. yep. Another person had a hernia in his um, nether regions that became so large it would take up half the bowl when he sat to pee. Jeez. And it was denied. Another person went and had a lab uh, in Arizona. This is all in a report that the ACLU is going to use. Um, he went to have lab work done. They discovered he had cancer. So the lab, though, was not under Horizon. Horizon decided we're not going to tell him because then we'd have to treat him. So they didn't tell the guy for seven months until it got to stage four and then he died a month later. Jeez.
4: Yep.
0: So this is... These gov- are all case studies. Government-run healthcare at its finest.
3: It's like twice as bad because it's right. it's no, like it's- government is administering it, but then there's no oversight, whereas in elections there are. There's no oversight whatsoever. The only way... That's why I say the only way you can get accountability is to sue. Otherwise, they're just going to... Heck, they're gonna have the government, but it's but suing them,
1: it's not hurting them because they're insured.
3: No, but it can create awareness, right? Right, because you can do ca- class action lawsuits. You know, you know, and
0: and it also gives you another opportunity, and it gives you more resources to fight with, Woody. I mean, how much? I mean, my, how much can I ask? And, and if you don't, it's my, up to you guys if you want on. to put this number out there. How much? In in general terms. Has it cost your family a significant amount of resources to sue?
1: Um, yes, yeah, I, our time uh, involved a lot. We're on the road a lot, searching. Uh, you know that for two years, you know I've been nothing but searching and phone calls and trying to have meetings and running into brick walls everywhere. sure. Um, up till she died, uh, we had a, a lot of time. Because we felt they were moving her, hiding her, when we got close to her, you know, all of a sudden she wasn't there anymore. You know, right. uh, finding her, uh, we made hundreds of calls, uh, money out to several lawyers to get documents. Um, I mean,
2: at, at one point when she was still sick in, um, at this point she was at IWP. We hired in, Indiana Women's Prison, right. And we hired a lawyer at the county that she had been convicted to try and get her released into our custody yeah. so that we could get her moved out of Horizon and into a real hospital, and we would have paid for it ourselves. Right. I mean,
1: I... We already paid, you know, uh, money to get it started, and then she died. So, I mean, and... You guys
0: are regular folks. Woody is, runs the best barbecue stand in the world, and he'll tell you no different. I don't pay him that much to say that. Uh, with, <laughs> you have a fantastic website at flamingwoodbbq.com, uh, designed by a very talented uh, young uh,
3: web director. Young.
0: Uh, mm. <laughs> I did it for How the much free did food.
3: you hire those Indian kids for?
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but, you know, you guys, you guys are not, uh, you're just, no offense, regular people. Yes trying to fight the government by yourself and, yeah, and, and, it, and it's, coming and it's hard to do it, yeah. it's
1: it's it's the hardest thing because we are nobodies to the government mm-hmm. i mean we are low people we are, we're low income people so we don't mean nothing to them right. so uh, the doors has been slammed on us so many times you know but you got to understand i'm old school you better slam the door harder because i'm still coming
0: yeah and that's woody's tenacity is the only reason that you know it's just he's a bulldog you yeah. know and and not everybody has the kind of energy and tenacity that Woody has so uh, can we talk a little bit about Rachel and and her story specifically because we've kind of talked the overarching the the 50,000 foot view to kind of give people some context but let's talk about Rachel specifically and her situation i mean can you can you tell us a little bit about her before she went to prison
1: oh she loved kids.
0: She was. She was. She's. She's a mom. Correct.
2: She. She had lost two children. Okay. So she had. Um. She had delivered a little girl and a little boy and lost them both due to her um, blood disease. That was how they discovered that she has um, lupus, um, antiphospholipid antibody syndrome, and ITP. What is ITP? ITP is a is a blood clotting disorder. Okay. That so it's very hard, she has to be very well managed because her blood will either it will it will clot very heavily and it and she'll start throwing blood clots to her legs to and everyone knows. I mean, this is the cause of strokes and this is why you have all sorts of issues with your lungs and stuff. It, so it needs to be well managed, and she was she was managing it through her hematologist, um, and everything was fine before she went to prison.
0: Sure. Now, uh, had she ever been in
1: trouble with the law in any way, shape, or form? No. no. This speak- was
2: a one-time thing. She even
1: the judge sat there and said, uh, "I'm gonna hold you till last." So at the end of the day. He told her, he goes, you know, you've been a good girl all your life. You've never been in trouble. He goes, I don't want to do this. But he goes, when you get to where you're going, file for a time cut and I'll grant it to you, which he didn't do it.
2: She was a 22-year-old girl that made a stupid decision one time.
1: Can you
0: tell us what what those decisions were?
2: She sold um, prescription medication to an under an undercover officer.
0: Okay. Uh, do you have any idea why she did that? I mean, why would she?
1: Well,
2: we have theories, yeah. but nothing we should probably you know, put she's out going, there.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah she's. Um, you know, part of it is too that she, uh, you know, losing two babies.
2: She was grieving, right? And yeah. you do you when you're young and you're grieving, you're you make stupid decisions, right? You probably drink with the wrong people, or you know, and and someone talks you into it. And you think, what can it hurt? I'm sure. going to do a favor for a friend.
4: Right.
0: So what was her sentence?
2: Oh, wow. 16 years.
0: Okay. On a first offense. On a first offense. I'm guessing that it has more to do, it has less to do with her individual situation and more to do with sentencing guidelines and being pigeon-held held by uh, the state legislature and, and they're you know, trying to look good for...
3: Campaign season, right? Yeah. Well, um, and she w-
2: was not the only one. There were there were others that that were involved in the same thing that got a lot less time than she did.
1: Yeah, she had to do um, eight years, and I think the last eight years was going to be on um, home ar- home arrest, something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: So he makes a mistake, first time offense, gets sixteen years. You know, uh, nonviolent offense violent criminals that i know uh, of uh, we we can't get them to spend any time in jail no oh, no <laughs> you know no,
1: it's, it's on the news where you know here they've caught guys with guns one year and two years later they're on the streets again with guns again sure you know, so i don't know how they worked that one out but the guy
3: that broke into the white house will probably get less than 16 years sure yeah.
1: so so where does she go from there um uh, she went to, uh, I believe Rockville. She went to Rockville. Rockville yeah. Prison.
2: And she took um, some classes. Yeah,
1: she uh, she graduated. This is her graduation picture while she was there.
2: And then they told her that she should do the transfer down to Madison because Madison was a, um, it, it was a lower level, and she'd be able to get a lot more classes, which, which would, you know. Um, but increase her, her,
3: accelerate uh, like how
2: quickly accelerate she can, be done. she can be done. So she was looking at getting but what's,
1: out. What, what's bad about that though is the only hospital in the state of Indiana that has anything to do with Horizon and their contract is in Terre Haute. Rockville's right there by Terre Haute. Knowing she's this sick, why did they send her clear at the other end of the state, as far south as you can go?
0: So. When was the first indication? So she's in prison. How long was she in prison before you you both got word that there might be a situation with her health?
1: Well, what? Uh, an inmate. Uh, what, what?
0: When did she go in? When was she sentenced and, and then started serving time? I guess is oh, well, I maybe don't... to give people a time frame here. Um, I'm gonna say it was
2: 2011. Okay. Some, I don't have the exact month on No, no, it's, or, I think it's 10. Two, two, I'm about, sorry, two, 2010. Fall. May, sometime
1: in May, So
0: spring 2010. When do you guys get the first indication that there's something wrong with her health?
1: Um, uh, the call came in uh, to her mother um, March, 19th. March 19th from an inmate. Of what year? 2012.
0: Okay, so two years later.
1: All right. Uh, from an inmate uh, called her mother and and, and said that uh, they're taking Rachel out in an ambulance. Uh, she's been laying and bleeding through her eyes, ears, and nose for three weeks, and they've just been leaving her away.
0: What, where, what facility is she at at this point? She was at Madison. Madison, Okay, which is in southern Indiana. Southern Indiana.
2: And they, the inmate told Sue that um, Rachel had been in Madison, and she was in the dog program, and she couldn't get up, and they would have to lift her up, and, and two inmates would have to carry her to the toilet because she couldn't walk. Yeah. And the, the guards kept telling that she's just faking.
1: Right. Yeah, she had uh, these big hives, and they call them butterflies Right. For, when you have lupus. And they were treating her for an allergy.
0: Okay. So... W- you guys have, have learned through trying to discover what happened and gathering documents that before that she had been yes. having issues. yeah, the
1: documents. Uh, the documents, uh, well, when that call came in, the mother called me because she knows I'm really pushy to go get what I need to get. Right. And um, so I called the, um, her counselor down there, and the counselor says nothing's wrong with her. She's in her cell. She's doing fine. I said, are you sure? And she said, yeah. She goes, a matter of fact, I'll go get her to call you. I said, good. Well, about three hours later, she called me back and said, you're right, she's not here. And I said, well, you know, it's kind of funny. I know what's going on at your prison, and you don't. Right. And I said, where is she at? Well, I don't know. It's none of my business. Once they leave here, it's none of my business. And that's when the search started. But during this search, we found out she was having trouble. This was in March, clear back in December when all this started. Okay.
2: She spent she spent New Year's Eve at the um, King's and Queen's daughters emergency room because she was bleeding profusely, and they treated her for six hours, gave her two blood transfusions, and sent her back to the prison. Sent her back to the prison.
0: So it was clear that there was something seriously yes. wrong right. in, oh, in yeah. December yeah. of 2011, yes. and, and going into 2012, it it wasn't a, a, by our estimation in reading the documents that you have. Wasn't properly treated.
4: Right, right,
1: yeah, and, and you know, and this is like we tell you know media's and politicians that wouldn't listen. They're in between person. You know, you talk to them, and what I have to say, the story I have to tell is, I have the documents laying in front of me to back up everything I have to say. We're gonna so, we're gonna
0: send this to Indiana politicians, and we're gonna ask anyone who's listening uh, to find out if Corizon is in your state, and if you're a Hoosier. If you're in one of these states that has Horizon or a privatized prison system, send this podcast to them so they can hear it and say, just take an hour, an hour and a half to hear the story. And if they want the documents, how can they get the documents from you?
1: Um, I guess probably contact... um... Contact me,
0: and I will make sure that if you're a politician in the state that wants more information about this specific story... I'll get you the documents, and I'll make sure to get a CD before I leave here. Um, now, are yeah.
3: all the are all the documents
1: admissible in the court of law?
2: Yes, they're part of her medical record.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's all of her medical records from day there, one. There's additional prison records, records we one. haven't
2: seen yet because it's the prison logs, but everything else is is admissible as part of her her medical record. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Is so? For instance, like an inmate calling you, is that admissible as evidence? Will that be allowed?
1: Yeah, that's allowed. Okay. Yeah, because.
2: Well, uh, so what would have to happen is the Rachel's mom will have to testify the, about the conversation she had, and that, so will the persons. who yeah, see, from phone, that point made on, made the phone call.
1: From that point on, her mother called me. I just, I pushed, and you know, like I said, I made several calls all over, and they would lie to me, said she's at one place and she never was there, and I mean, I did a lot the, of investigation, hundreds of calls, and you know.
0: And and there, uh, one of the lawyers that didn't work out did tape have an investigator that taped conversations with some of these inmates. So So there are taped there's conversations testifying to this. So so you you get an indication in March that something's desperately wrong, seriously wrong. You you call down to the facility that you know her to be at, and she's not there. She's not there. Uh, So then let's talk about what you're doing and then we'll talk about what what where she was at so let's so at that point, what do you start doing to try and find out where she's at?
1: Um, at that point I, um, uh, I I would call them then I would call the his uh, see, the counselor said there's no hospital on any of the facilities any of the prison facilities. So I'm wondering, Okay, well, if there's an emergency, what happens? Where do you go? So I started calling. Do um, you want me to give names or not? Yeah. Okay, no, uh, I'll, I'll just, I would say I'll no. give offices, and then they can uh, figure it out. Yeah. All right. I, I, uh, uh,
0: because putting putting their names out, it doesn't do us any good at this point because the people who need to know the names... Uh-huh. Uh, hopefully, when the poli- when politicians hear this, and I'm expecting them to listen, I'm hoping, uh, then we'll give them names here in Indiana so they can go and ask for themselves, you know, and and right. get lied to, um, all right, right. allegedly.
1: Uh, that's the way it is. I mean, uh, so I started making several calls to um, uh, commissioner's office of the prison, and uh, getting a. An answer machine. I'm old school. I don't like machines. Right. I don't want to hear your voice. But I left message after message after message. And then more messages. So then I tried the superintendent of the women's prison here in Indianapolis. Message. Messages again. Probably 15, 20. Maybe. At that time. Mm-hmm. Wasn't getting anywhere there. No return calls, no nothing. So I figured. Well, I tried the assistant uh, commissioner. Well, there's a whole list of them. Uh, I, I don't know. Taxpayers going to a dozen different assistant commissioners. I didn't know you needed that many, but right, you know. Listen, ignoring ignoring so,
0: prisoners takes a lot of overhead. Okay, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Why do, you do it? we're not prisoners and they ignore me? Right. You know? um, but anyway. Didn't get a response out of none of them. So I called the assistant superintendent there. She responded. And uh, she goes, well, I don't know anything about it. Okay, first thing I tell myself is, you should know. I mean, no, but she said she didn't. She called said call the um, medical team at the women's prison there. So I called there and I said, oh, nope she's not here. I said, what do you mean she's not here? Where is she? Well, nobody seemed to know where she was. I said, well, talk to the counselor. So I talked to the counselor, and he goes, never heard of her. I don't know where she's at. I said, you got to be joking me. I said, what? And a few chosen other words, you know. A little bit of French. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Words that they could probably understand better. <laughs> <laughs> But then he says, okay, she's at this hospital here. Well, I thought you said you know where in the hell she was. He goes, that's where she's at. So I called that hospital, talked to them five or six times, and I said, sir, we don't even know who she is. She's not even here. I said, what do you mean she ain't here? He said, tell me the prison's lying to me. Well, they don't send their people here anyway. So she's not here. So I went through all these phone calls again, to all these people,
0: and, and over the course of this, what's the time frame?
1: Oh, geez.
2: these phone calls are every day, every day, for probably every 15, two weeks. Okay, yeah,
1: for every 15, 20 minutes, I'm from, on the phone from, to somebody from
2: seven o'clock till, and he would be at it when I got home at six o'clock at night.
0: Yeah. So it was seven a.m. to six p.m. and
3: yeah. and you don't know where your daughter
1: is don't for know. two we weeks, no and idea. no one else does. No, and, well and they no did, one will they, tell but us. they wouldn't tell us. So, uh, we kept we,
2: hit, They kept saying to him, She's fine. Oh, yeah. She's in her cell. We heard that so many times. Well, have her, we'll have her call you. Now, yeah, this is we'll from, have her call you. Well, she but, never called. And, and then, this is, this
0: and then when from, you look at the documents, she's not there. Yeah. She's moved to a different facility. Right.
1: Yeah. Now, this is talking to a horizon's nurse, would say a lot of things she should But anyway, she said that, um, she's not here. So, I don't know what to tell you. So I back to the counselor again. I said, listen, dude, you lied to me. I don't like liars. I want to know where my daughter is, and I want to know now. And he said, well, she's at this hospital. Give me another hospital. I said, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Uh, So I called that hospital, went through an hour and a half, two hours, talking to people there. They never heard of her. So by then, I, I'm i kind of short-fused, so I called him back and just commenced telling him words that he could understand quite well, and I said, I want my daughter found, I want her found now, was my last words to him. Well, later that night, I got a call from uh, a guard, said, uh... Said, uh, you Mr. Wood? And I said, yeah. Rachel's dead. And I said, yep. He goes, well, she's here. And I said, uh, where's here? And uh, he said, at uh, <clears throat> Terre Haute Regional Hospital, she's not doing too good he goes, uh, that's all I can tell you. And he hung up. So. So he acted
3: outside. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you, do uh,
0: you know if that person's still employed?
1: I don't know. Um, but still tons of calls were made even after that. Tons. Oh man, tons. And, um. I was in contact with the doctor once and one of them shut it off, Horizon shut that they, connection they off. They found out the that he
2: had talked to the doctor. Mm-hmm. The
1: Doctor said she only at that time had 40% chance. Um, but our, everybody that uh, we called said um
2: uh, She's she doing was fine. fine. She's wrong? getting released.
1: Yeah. So um even a budsman that one
0: an ombudsman is the the person that works for the governor, that works for the... Daniel's works, appointed that person. W- works with the Department of Corrections or is supposed to work against the DOC. Who is the, it's like a union rep. Right. Who is the right. person who, if a family is in Woody's situation, can call this person, and they're the advocate for the prisoner against the system. Right. So... Tell me about the ombudsman and how helpful were they in advocating for your uh, daughter? She
1: wasn't. Um, first of all, you had to get through the secretary. It wasn't bad after, you know, 30 calls. They, I, I, I think that's the only reason some people talk to me is because the only way to get them quit calling. But not as made me call more. But anyway... Um, she goes, yeah, I'm going to check into that. And, well, I'm so sorry, sir. You know, uh, we're going to – we'll get to the bottom of it. And uh, we'll get her found and, and see if her rights has been uh, violated. So next thing you know, I don't know. They did everything you're supposed to have. She got medical attention. No, the proper medical attention here, not medical attention. And uh, she goes, no, nah, nobody did anything wrong.
4: Right.
0: So the well, same – Answer as the system is giving you. The right. advocate for your daughter is yeah, giving you that right.
1: answer. I'd, I'd kind of like to see how many reports where the prisoner was right that she stood up for. Sure, you know I'd probably count them all in one hand, maybe.
0: Now, uh, but um, it, now through through all this, you've hired a lawyer, correct? To several help lawyers, help that, uh, yeah. assist you through that the course of that two weeks.
1: while she's alive?
0: Yeah, what what legal help did you and that's why you have all these documents thank goodness because uh you wouldn't have access to these documents had you not done that what was the process that that you uh how did you get the documents what did you do to Uh, to help
1: i heard a lawyer um i thought it'd be easier to get a, a lawyer close to where she was sentenced from uh so i got a lawyer out of fort wayne and um and I was telling him, that you know while Rachel's stay in that hospital, um everybody I kept calling because they shut my contact with the doctor off, and they kept saying nothing's wrong with Rachel. she's doing great, don't you worry about can I see her? No, well, they went to the point of making false reports that I was at the hospital with flowers, allegedly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, So,
0: there are reports that you have that show that you were visiting the hospital with flowers. The
2: Crizon nurse told the DOC, the (laughs) Crizon staff told the DOC at Rockville. What happened? Which is
0: close to Terre Haute, which is in. She
2: was at IWP. Which is where? This is in Indianapolis. She was in Madison. She got transferred out of Madison. When she left with the ambulance bleeding profusely.
0: That's in the very southern tip of Indiana, right. sort of near Louisville. And she
2: got moved up to, I, to Indianapolis, or Indiana Women's Prison, which is in Indianapolis. Right. It has an infirmary.
0: Center of the state.
2: They said they moved her up there because it had a hospital in the building. It has an infirmary, just like they all right.
1: do. A few beds, that's it.
2: Right. And they don't have a doctor on staff 24-7. No. They have a single nurse that keeps...
1: The dog's a little
0: loud. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you're farting, Woody.
1: No. <laughs> dog's sleeping. Snores like Linda.
2: <laughs> so they have a single nurse, and, and when they thought <laughs> that he was getting too close, when he figured out that she was at Indianapolis Women's Prison, they had her move to Rockville. She failed her intake into Rockville. She was too sick to actually be in Rockville. So they transferred her, they never actually put her into Rockville. They put her in Terre Haute Women's Prison and Indianapolis Women's Prison, put out an escapee bulletin on her. Yeah. She had so, escaped this entire time she can't walk.
0: So she has no consciousness, nobody knows where she's at, so they claim that she's escaped. She, she's, she's conscious. Oh, yeah.
2: She was conscious okay. the whole time. She can't walk. Okay. She's yeah. bleeding that they can't stop. She's in unbearable pain. And they can't seem to fix it.
1: That's why they loaded her down with uh, morphine, they tranquilizers. They gave her morphine and painkillers pain and tranquilizers
2: killers. and anti-anxiety yeah. meds. Yeah. And in the entire time, she's down, laying in up. the bed crying.
0: So from December to to the end, essentially what's happening is every time she gets more and more uncomfortable because of what is actually causing the pain, which is right. the, the clotting and the, and the, the blood issue, the lupus, issue, right. the lupus it is they they give her anti anxiety medicine and they give her tranquilizers, tranquilizers morphine, and, right, pain pills, uh, um, and so she's just to keep her calm and quiet.
1: Yeah, that's that's it's when you read a lot of the documents, goes you know, well, she's resting calmly. Well, what you, what 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 the hell do you expect? All that in you, of course you're gonna rest calmly, mm-hmm. yeah. But but they've anyway, they've got her
2: on morphine and. Vicodin and Percocet and-, and
0: and at very high doses. Yes. Right.
2: Oh
1: yeah, more than what the body's supposed to have had.
0: I mean, when you when you read the amounts in the autopsy report and and, and in and in the dosages at the hospital before she passes away, it's very high dosages. Yes, very yes.
1: high. Yeah, and um, then we uh, when they stopped that communication between us and the doctor again, we're back doing all these phone calls again over and over, and then they. Every time you call Daniel's office um, they'd hook you up with this woman's office name her name's well, whatever um but her job is to oversee horizon mm-hmm. so one of the things I was telling oh bud's, uh, bud's that um, um was that. If you were doing your job reading the daily reports, you could see things aren't working, and you should have stepped in. Sure, but anyway, you couldn't get that lady um, from that office. I couldn't get past her secretary. The secretary was snob. Sn- I mean, mean. Uh, and and finally, how I finally got the woman in charge to call me was that uh, I last message I said, you know what. The media is going to be all over you on this. Well, wow. It seems like that word works a lot, even though the media is not. Five minutes, she called me back. Sure. Uh, she talked to me like I was a low life. I was a burden. There was nothing wrong with Rachel and not to tell her how to do her job. Right. But then her job is to oversee Corizon. You know, So she should be reading daily reports on the people that's injured and sick in the system. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't do that. So Rachel wouldn't be worse, you know.
0: So, so the uh, lawyer, how far, uh, you know, his function, his benefit at that point really was gathering all these documents yep, yes. and requesting documents. He, and, what, what
1: and, he, of, and getting Rachel released. He
2: gathered those documents and he requested them so that we could go to the court and request that she be released. That that the judge that sentenced her give her enough time cuts so that she could be released into our care yeah, so yes. that we could get her moved to a hospital that we could monitor. Because and most citizens don't know this, but when you go into the prison system, you have to sign over power of attorney. So you no longer get to say whether you're going to take a medication oh. or what's going to happen. You have zero say. And so we just wanted that say back so we could monitor, mm-hmm. right. so that we could do what was best for her.
0: Because clearly they're not looking out for her best interests.
1: No, no, they're not because. Um,
2: if they were, you know, they would never have told us that they didn't know where she was. Right.
1: So uh, you know, so that's what the lawyer did. He, he got us all the documents, all the prison documents, all the medical documents, and uh, helping us get to the judge. I mean, we were two days off from taking it in front of the judge.
0: So you, you get the call from the Terre Haute prison system. A guard recognizes that there's just something off. Mm-hmm. Somebody out of the dozens, hundreds, or hundred people that came in touch with Rachel, the people within the system, people that worked for Corizon, that worked for the DOC, that worked for the governor's office, whomever, Dozens, or over a hundred maybe, from the course of December to the point in April 13th when she passed away, one person does the right thing and calls you and tells you where she's at and says, something's wrong here. I better do something. I better do the right thing, speak up, and make sure that this family knows where their daughter is. Because I bet they're looking for her because something's not right. Right.
2: And I'm sure that he had heard we were looking because Woody was making hundreds of phone calls, hundreds. We went through... 4800 minutes in uh, April in wow. in like from the 1st of April to the 13th. I mean so he was on the phone all day long.
0: Sure. Yeah. So one person in the system does the right thing, which is just stunning. You know, that human beings.
1: Well, you know after she passed, I don't know if the guy still has a job. I do know changes were made quickly within a week. I do know that
0: to, to benefit prisoners or to benefit self I don't know what the
1: changes were because the ombudsman woman said to me, oh, I'll never forget that either. This told me, she goes, you know what? You've been wanting that meeting with that commissioner. I'll put that together. See, because I can get him to do things, but other people can't. So I'll put that meeting you want if you promise not to go after the, the prison. Right. And I said a few chosen words to her and hung up. Yeah.
0: So if you promise not to fight the system and you just accept it, then but, you'll, you'll get a meeting and that will make you feel yeah, good. Yeah, but,
1: but she told me she goes that her and the commissioner was over in Rockville with the superintendent and had a meeting that following week.
0: So she's taken to – she's rejected from one women's prison in Terre Haute, taken mm-hmm. to another. They recognize that it's very serious and they take her to a hospital. What happens at to Rachel at the hospital?
1: Well, at the hospital, they, they had her on a system where she was, what do you call that, unconscious, doing her breathing and everything for her?
0: So, so this is April what? In, March, 20, coma.
2: March 29th. Yeah. Yeah. All right, she so got she, transferred March 29th to Terre Haute. Right.
0: Okay. So March 29th, she's at the Terre Haute Hospital. Yeah. And so she's in a coma. They've in, well, in, they what induced, is it? It's
3: an induced it's coma. coma. Right. Right.
1: Well, when I talked to the doctor, I talked to him twice, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Talked to him twice. Uh, He was stating the seriousness of it, trouble with her lungs, trouble with her heart, and she only had 40% chance they're going to do this test and that test, and then they cut off that communication.
2: Well, and Woody had talked talked to Corizon again, and he had said, well, because he kept asking, kept calling the prison and calling Corizon, saying, "I want to visit her. I want to visit her." Yeah, and it seemed like saying, was calling the shots
1: kept, on all this. They too. kept
2: saying, "No, you can't. No, you can't. Yeah. It has to be thirty days. She'll be fine. She'll be released pretty soon." Thirty days or they have soon. To Be dying? Well, and so he said, well, and he made a comment because you know Woody. He made a comment to them, and he said, "Well, what happens if I just show up?" Well, two days later, the superintendent says, oh, you showed up with flowers and a card to the pr- to the hospital. Yeah. Now, that was my idea. I said, Terre Haute's a, a public place. Let's show up. And at, at the very least, we'll stand in the waiting room and scream her name. Right. And she'll know we're there because she's alone. She doesn't have her mom. She doesn't have us. She no. has no one.
1: No, she had nobody there. What's her to?
0: Yeah. And, and it's clear from the documents that she... Is in and out of consciousness yes. at, at certain points.
1: Yep. yep. So um, during all this, everybody kept saying she was fine. She was fine, and then I got I got wind uh, from well from Corizon one of the nurses at Rockville, the only nurse at Rockville. They only have one nurse there. These places, but anyway. Told me they were going to, she's doing so well, they're going to release her back into the system. So I totally blew up on her. How in the hell can you release her back into the system? She's sick. Wow, she's doing a lot better. And, uh, she's up and so, walking around. Yeah, mm-hmm. She's so, up and
2: walking around.
1: And she wasn't. I, I and, the me- the super- and the medical
0: records from the Terre oh, Hospital yeah. oh, reflect no. that that is complete false. False, right.
1: Right. And uh, so I got a hold of the superintendent there. And I said uh, a few chosen words, you know. And she goes, Mr. Wood, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, um, I never heard of Rachel coming back to this prison. I said, well, then you better have a talk with that okay. nurse. And um, so, um, anyway... Uh, During that uh, time, uh, a nurse from, where's that third place? Uh, Kindred. Kindred.
0: Kindred is the private hospital that kind, she's at. a, a Kindred,
1: rehab hospital. Yeah, it's,
2: it's, 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 a long, it's an LTAC it's a, a long term care facility. shouldn't have even
1: been brought into this because okay. they can't, can't take care of Rachel. It's like so, a hospice. So, anyway, so when you're sure.
2: terminally ill, that's where you go, or if you have a long rehab.
1: So a nurse right. said they're on the way to see Rachel. I don't know why she called me before, but I said okay. And then I told her what was all going on. She goes, "I'll do what I can do." At that point, it seemed like a nice lady. When she called me back and uh, said that um, <clears throat> she's crying, she goes, "I never seen anything like this." She goes, "Oh my God!" She goes, "You need to sue these people." Uh, and I said, "What's going on?" Um, she goes, I tried to get him to release her to me. And um, the doctor was on the phone with Corizon. Well, I you, the name they were talking to about not but Corizon. I said, so Corizon's still calling the shots? She goes, yes. Corizon wants, wants her out of there. And she goes, I'm telling you, by the way it looks to me, it's all about the dollar. Like They've done spend enough money there at that hospital on her. So they're trying to get her out of there.
0: So they're trying to release her from yes. Kindred and take her to... No, the, she boat. was
2: still at Terre Haute. She was still at Terre Haute. Kindred had gone to Terre Haute. Someone from Kindred had gone to Terre Haute to do an assessment whether they felt that Kindred would be able to take care of her.
0: Okay. yeah,
1: and
2: Kindred, Which is what happens and, with an L situation. And then
0: this person is calling you saying this is a very bad situation.
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. It was really bad, she said. And... Uh, she goes. Uh, this woman's name from Horizon said, "Well, it's up to the board. It's not up to me." <sighs> so um, later that day, she called me back and she goes, "Well, they approved it. They approved it. They're, they're going to let her come to Kindred, you know, and and you're going to be able to see her because we're going to let you see her." And uh, I um, I said, "Okay, when's it going to happen?" And uh, she goes, Tomorrow. So the, when, when tomorrow came, superintendent from Rockville called and, and said, Mr. Wood, um, I went and seen your daughter last night. She goes, Too many conflicting stories are going on. I had to see for myself, and she goes, um, I think you better go see her. I said, our 30 days aren't up. And she goes, oh, yeah, it is, but it really wasn't. Um, I said, are you sure? And she goes, yes, you, you need to go see her. Now, keep in mind, when you talk to her, when she tries to talk to you, you got to lay your ear right on her lips so that has to be on her lips because you're not going to hear her
0: sure at this point she's so weak and yeah
1: yeah so i hung up and called her mother and i said hang on let me call you back this was about noon or one somewhere in there what day is this this is the third friday okay
2: this is the friday
1: okay um Called the uh, <coughs> Rockville superintendent again. I said no. Called Rockville, and that nurse got on the phone. And I said, uh, "Are you letting us see her because she's dying?" Oh no, there's nothing wrong with her. She's doing great. Don't you worry about it. you. Go see your daughter. Okay. Next phone call, she's
2: gone. And that was about
1: nine o'clock that night. <coughs> she, uh, her last words was, "I'm doomed." And so, um,
0: so essentially what what happens is they release her and they're taking her to another facility' well, taking the, her to Kendrick. what
1: happened was she coded twice right. and they were still going to release her what it, right. they
2: tried to according to the medical records the that records. we we saw, they discharged her on the twelfth the day before, the day before. Right. and then she coded, so they had to cancel the discharge. And do two transfusions that night, mm-hmm. that day. Even all of
1: her medical records, were saying she's having all these troubles, they were still discharging her. And Horizon, cor- what what were
0: um, what were the what did she have? What was going on medically? I mean, it, we know the complicated blood disorder, but it had gotten to a point, and it had caused what.
2: So what had happened was when you have a blood clotting disorder, and anyone who's ever had a, had a stroke will know this, they treat you with blood thinner. Well, they had given her so much blood thinner that she couldn't clot at all now, so it, it's running from her orifices. It's, she's bleeding lungs out of her up. Her lungs filled up. She's having stomach trouble they bleeding. Prompt,
1: so, they, stomach.
2: so she's bleeding. They can't stop it. And they're not really doing anything. And every time she complains, they just give her another pain pill.
1: It was a horrible death when she was alone. And then and handcuffs and shackles on the on the thirteenth,
2: they were going to transfer her to Kindred. Now, typically, she's on a breathing machine, so typically they leave it all hooked up. She was unhooked up in Terre Haute for five hours before the ambulance showed up.
1: Yeah, this is all in the ambulance report. The ambulance. She started. Having problems, you know. Tara Holt's over an hour away. She had problems ten minutes into the run, and the ambulance chose to just keep coming instead of going back or going to an emergency room somewhere.
0: Yeah, at, at that point, they take—they're taking her to Kindred, and they show up, and they Kindred don't even have an emergency room. No, and so they get to Kindred, they pull into the parking lot, and that's when she goes into cardiac arrest.
2: Yeah. She had—she had been—she had been. She had been. Um, showing signs of it before they, yeah, before they even in. got there. So they, they were trying to resuscitate her in the parking lot
0: of, of Kindred, of and Kindred, to and the they... point that doctors there are saying, "Why did you bring her yeah, here?" Yeah, that's
1: all in the reports. Doctors are screaming at him, why did you bring her here?"
0: Right? Why did you not take her to an emergency room? Um, you know, and
2: Wishard Methodist are two minutes away.
0: Right. So from, from Kindred. Right, so they're bringing her from Terre Haute to Indianapolis, uh, and there's several hospitals right there.
1: Yeah, they were in trouble. Ten minutes into the run,
0: you know, and Terre Haute is an hour and a half drive. Yeah. Um, So uh, they
1: see these these decisions were made by Horizon. That's what I'm wondering. Did the the ambulance
3: driver even have the authority to take her to Wishard? too? Right. Down, another hospital. Because I know that's that's the issue is that but they have cut, like, what they'll pay. Right. They've cut so much that the hospitals just say, no, we won't admit anyone.
2: But they right. are medically bound as EMTs to take, in the case of a critical emergency, to take them to the first available level one trauma.
1: See. The
2: first available when when they're in that badly. And you know what? The Wishard was the state-run hospital, so regardless of the contract with Horizon, yeah, they dropped they their cannot, contract with Horizon. They cannot deny treatment. That's
3: why yeah. all those girls are having to go to Anderson for the yeah. pregnancies. Yeah. So the
0: the official cause of death, according to the autopsy, is that is cardiac arrest, but also a, a full body hemorrhage. Um, right.
1: There's miss
4: therapeutic misadventure. therapeutic
0: misadventure, and it. It wasn't until we met nearly a year later that I had a friend who had gone to medical school that you, somebody who could explain this guys, this to you guys, you know, it, it's... We, it,
2: we it, knew something bad had happened, you knew, right? You knew, like, you, right. Knew, you know. Just not we, the specifics of we what... We didn't it. know how, how long it had gone on or how bad it was, how right. much they ignored it.
1: That's why I think most of the politicians, you know, they knew what happened and they just wanted to avoid me. They didn't want to.
4: Yeah.
0: So, all right, let's, because we left on a very heavy moment. So she passes away. How were you guys notified?
1: Um, I was sitting was, in here.
2: The Rockville superintendent attended, called uh, him called and me. I was in the other room and he screamed my name and he, had, he dropped the phone. And um, she told me she had passed away at, at nine o'clock.
0: So uh, <laughs> I'm not laughing. I You know, it's it's a difficult it's a, story.
2: It's you a know. very difficult story, and it's a heavy moment. I mean, it was right. it was probably the single worst moment him and I have had together.
4: Sure.
0: So so what do you do at that point? I mean uh, other than grieve. I mean as far as turning turning your eyes towards justice for Rachel. I mean does it start immediately to the to the
1: well uh, after the uh, it, because it's very know, before it, before we get to that what was so also so upsetting, you know. She was um my guess. For, Probably the wrong term. She was state property. So they come up to your doorstep and say, What, here, we killed your kid. Now you go bury him. Right. I mean.
2: Yeah, they basically uh, said. Oh, they signed her off as soon as she died. I mean, they they signed her off immediately. Because I called the. uh, Where do you want us to send the body you need to bury her?
1: No, they said pick her up at the. um,
0: so how was there not, did they do an autopsy or did you guys push well, for that? we asked.
1: We, we
2: requested uh, one. And okay. then. And
1: Corizon tried to get that too.
2: We and, request, and, I, and
1: I strictly told them, there's no copies go to nobody.
0: Who, who, who did the autopsy and they tried to get the copies from that entity? Who, who did the autopsy?
1: Um, was it Marion County?
2: Marion County did the autopsy. The so we, we had yeah, requested right. from Kindred that they send it directly to get an autopsy. Which is is their standard procedure um, when the first auto and then we called the Marion County Coroner. We Woody called the Marion County Coroner and told them that because she's now our property, Corizon doesn't get a copy. And they the said state doesn't get Kri- a copy.
1: Corison on the list to get a copy. I said no, they not. Right. You, you be- tell us that Why? it's our
2: the- responsibility that she's now ours. Then she's
1: ours. Right. Yeah, so, um,
0: so and, and the autopsy can is really how we have pieced together. Like I said, I mean, yeah. uh, we're sitting at a table nearly a year later, nearly three, probably three hundred and sixty days later, and we're talking to this friend of mine, and they're outlining for you guys the specifics of what happened. You know, and reading the autopsy, and that's how you know the the documentation, the forethought that, uh, of all that. Just is incredible because it it has given you a fighting chance. It's giving you it's given you closure because without any of that, you guys wouldn't know anything.
1: No, no.
0: you know. I mean, it,
4: you're, it's just it, it all, unbelievable. It, it, to
1: me. The lawyers were surprised. They were amazed. Like, where in the hell did you get all this? And I just told. It doesn't matter. I got it. That's right. all it that matters. I mean, it's. Changed. I mean, I did I did majority of their work. Right. You know, so,
2: And then you would think that it would be easy to find a lawyer no, to take this hard. case because it is so complicated and because the state's involved and everything else. It, it actually took us a while to find a lawyer that A, would take the case and B, we could trust. B- yeah.
0: B- yeah, because your search for lawyers, you have to think about it. This is not just you. It's not Joan Rivers where Joan Rivers goes, gets a procedure, and there's one doctor messing up. This is... This This is a a complicated system that tries to cover its tracks with dozens of people coming in contact with with your daughter at at multiple levels. Each one of them have to be interviewed. You have to build this enormous case, and then you're up against unlimited resources. And then in a a city the size of Indianapolis, there's like three or four lawyers that will do a civil rights action lawsuit.
4: Right. Well, I mean, and
2: you yeah. said it best, Chris, A uh, 100 people have seen her since she first got sick and one did the right thing? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what yeah. we're up against, one right. out of a 100 doing the right thing right. for her.
1: But, I, I, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, the process even got harder afterwards, so... Oh, they're going to shut down completely. Oh, yeah.
3: Because, I mean, I'm sure they have procedures and they actually probably even have seminars on how to do things correctly in the event they do something wrong. So they have, the you know, reasonable Wait, doubt. But, yeah, it, but
1: Corison is calling the whole shot. Corison is calling her to leave that hospital. Oh, absolutely. There's right. no doctor in her right mind would release her when mm-hmm. she, uh, she just coded. Come on. How do they have authority? That's that's definitely in the
3: contract with the state. All right. That has to go.
0: It is we, it is we the taxpayers, the, we, the voters, that are giving them this authority mm-hmm. through our legislature.
3: And it's not negotiated by us because they sit – I was reading about how they come to terms and they sit down and essentially it's a bit like a constitutional convention or a contractual negotiation. They want certain terms with the state. That they know they will be able to limit their legal liability and maximize profit. And, and you're so, right. it's they go back and forth Without profit. Yep. And so, this is definitely one of those things that has to go out of that contract,
0: because you know every nurse and doctor that that you've put in that lawsuit and and anybody that works with them, they're all going like Greg says to classes to figure out how to minimize their risk, which means you're, we're gonna we're gonna give worse care to the people that that we are. They're wards of the state, which means we are, as voters and taxpayers, responsible for the lives and welfare of people like Rachel Wood and the people that are currently serving time. And and it is so easy for you to say, oh, well, they're just a criminal. But Rachel wasn't a criminal. Rachel made a mistake. And Rachel uh-huh. went to a system that didn't look out for her best welfare. And, you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't do anything to... to uh, Sorry, the dog. I'm I'm giving this motivational speech, and the dog is chowing down back there behind me.
1: <laughs> it kind of tells you a little boring here, huh? I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Woody. <laughs> it's the dog, my friend. But
0: you know, you y- y- if you're listening, this is. It's just like the drone strikes in Afghanistan and other places. We're complicit if we do nothing to stop these sorts of things.
3: We absolutely are. What What shocks me is that one person out of a hundred did the right thing. And I like – I mean, I, I feel the same way about government as I do about Horizon. I mean, I feel like it's one – it's the exact same thing. It's, it's government with even less oversight. It's not competition. It's not the right, right – you know, it's not the private market. It's a government-sponsored entity, but there's no oversight. The, the ombudsman definitely doesn't do their job, and neither does the commissioner. So how do you how – did, how did Hoosiers or how did just individuals get to the point where they cared so little about another individual – that ninety nine out of a hundred people wouldn't say a word when something was and wrong, that, that it and it was life becomes, and death. It was you
1: know, for, for three hundred and fifty million. Why can't Indiana do it themselves and you know, save a lot of that tax money? I, I've used it elsewhere. I've been
0: watching a lot of uh, Hitler documentaries on Netflix, and you just you watch the footage of this guy giving speeches and Goebbels giving speeches in front of these huge at the sports palace and all these massive arenas, and all these people are just happy, and you you just go there. There, you can't tell me that people in Germany didn't know that these things were happening, because when Goebbels yells about, we're going to shut the mouth of the Jewish press, they all go, yay! I mean, this is, this is an evil system. This is a system that we, those people who did nothing that are part of the system to save their jobs are, are out of self-preservation, are participating in evil. And... The people who, because this story is too long and it's too complicated and it's too hard to tell the story you know that's this is not an easy podcast to listen to i'm sure, but, and it's not easy for us to sit here and 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 this is the third time i've i've sat and gone through the story intimately and it and it's still very tough, but we have to be faced with the evil of the system that we have allowed to be created in our name
1: yeah, and you know why hasn't Uh, And, again, it's going to be like a recording. Why hasn't the prosecutor stepped up and at least investigated this? Because, again, if something happens to my child here, I'm held responsible because the child is in my care. Right. So what gives government officials and what gives Corizon the right to do what they want without paying the price for this? And I'm not talking money. Right. What gives them super rights? Yeah. What makes them
0: different than you, Woody? So, what are what are what are things that you'd like to see happen? What, you know, the lawsuit is to to speak their language, and it's not necessarily something that you want, but it's something right. that a few of us have talked you into. Yes, yes. You, but you know, I, I... what what do you if if you win the law? I mean, maybe we shouldn't talk about that, but moving forward, how do you fight for? For your daughter, how do you well, fight? we
1: to make I, this work? I want to get a foundation put together first, uh, you know in, in Rachel's journey. I want what I want and would be happy with is somebody held accountable, not with money, the justice system, let them go in front of the judge, in front of a jury, and let them decide you were negligent, you were responsible. You're covering this up, you know, and be held liable for what they've done, you know. And and again, if it was you and a child, you're going to jail. Right. You're at least going to go in front of that judge. But no prosecutor will step up. No politician don't want anything to do this because, you know what, they think it's just going to blow away. Uh, and that's the whole thing. Horizon knows it's going to blow away. The government knows it's going to blow away. So their contract just got renewed. Yeah. So, why come up with a system, and don't give them another contract? You have plenty of time to do this in. It's not like you can do it overnight. So look, whenever their contract's up, you got all this time to do that. Come up with a system. A lot of that tax money can be back here in Indiana where it belongs and used for something else. Yeah. Linda, what would you like
0: to see happen? I mean, what is moving forward?
2: I I would like to see the people that let this happen to Rachel actually have to sign over their own power of attorney and spend some time in the very system that they helped create. Because then they'll know how, what it is to be powerless. and And you just... You Making a mistake should not make someone completely powerless and at the mercy. I mean, Rachel shouldn't. It was a single mistake. Sixteen years was a lot, but the rest of her life was just unimaginable.
3: Right. That, to me, I mean, that's entrapment. Undercover officer trying to purchase drugs. Mm-hmm. That should be gone immediately. That should not be allowed to happen ever
1: in my opinion. Kind of like entrapment, but yeah. It, totally. I mean,
3: and
0: that's, that's mm. and, and part of what get lost, what gets lost no. in the story, because it is a story, we've, we're focusing on the justice system and the criminal system when you're inside. Let's not forget how she went there, you know, and the laws that we've created to put people like Rachel into this situation. That's
3: not who the, that's not even who people would want in there. Right. If, you polled, if you had everyone meet her and you put it up right. to a direct vote, there's no way. I think that would right. be 80% of criminals.
1: You take, you take somebody in her stage of mind losing children and you wave money underneath their nose, of course they're going to jump. And
3: you solicit them
2: yes. or you, as or an you officer say, of the law. Or you yeah. say, hey, I, I need a favor. Can you just give these to another friend of mine?
3: Right. You should never be coerced uh, into a crime Right and, and then on top of that The sentencing
0: The judge would not have given her that time Had they, they been given a different option And I know of a case Where had a judge Been able to give a person more time And more penalties for their behavior A violent person They would have But they didn't because they couldn't, because they're pigeonholed. I mean, and, and the minimum
3: we, sentencing laws have to go as well.
0: And we want to look at that, and we want to say, oh well, you know, it's victim, it's it's uh, uh, rights for those who perpetrate crimes. We want to protect them by making it it even and fair. But that's not justice. It may be fair, but it certainly isn't justice that that these specific cases where you have these violent criminals get ten days in jail and two years of probation and then a Rachel Wood gets sixteen years, that's not justice. That's insane. That is politicians trying to get votes by looking tough on, on drugs and, and other nonviolent offenses.
3: I mean public yeah. opinion has just bastardized the system completely. Right. It's I mean it's unbelievable really
1: I mean you let these people go, all these <laughs> big powerhouse companies are gonna be able to do what they want. And they're doing it now. Somebody's got to step in and stop them. Somebody's got to step into the government and stop them.
3: Right now, um, the, his last name's Lemon. He's the commissioner for the Department of uh, Corrections. That is correct. In he India. will be the next employee. Yep. Guaranteed of Corizon. Yeah. Without a doubt.
1: Yep. That's the, so, that's the one that... I probably left millions of messages. He'll be the
3: next. I guarantee you, he'll be the next regional director of Horizon Health.
0: You've been doing some research while we've been while we've been talking over the last. And he's hour been ignoring
1: my half. daughter while she was alive.
0: So, well, not Greg, the lemon, but
1: no, uh, no, the listeners no. might think that Greg <laughs>
0: was ignoring Rachel. But what are some of the things that that you, while you were doing some research on the fly here, what are some things that you found, Greg?
3: Well, Su- Susan Hoppe, I'm saying, is am I saying that right? Hapa, she was appointed by Mitch Daniels. Twenty-five years as a caseworker and social worker. She's in the ombudsman. County. Ombudsman. There's a quite a few articles about she's too soft, doesn't care enough. She's mm. kind of the uh, bitter, or the bitter social worker that's lost uh, a little bit of touch. That was a lot of the concerns, and her record keeping was atrocious. That right now, at September seventh, the new one, the new uh, ombudsman. Oh, there's was, a new one? Mm-hmm. Was just, she quit on, uh, May, in May. Hoppe quit in May. And I can't find anything on her anywhere. I don't know what she did. That's what I wanted to see is who she got hired by. But um, the new one is right now being in, or investigated or being questioned by um, the Indiana Congress, the House. And the committee is asking for record keeping. And they testified that there are hardly any records. They don't even have a count of the number of children that are in the system Jeez. for the um I forget the name of the organization, but essentially foster care and then uh, child welfare services. They don't have a list of every individual. That's how bad Susan Hoppe was at record keeping.
0: That's unbelievable. Well,
3: and so I look at that because this whole story I hear and I'm I'm livid at Cori's and I'm livid that, one, I don't even know what you call it. Because it's definitely not privatization because there's no competition to offer better services. And yet that's what it's called. And two, the people in government roles didn't do anything anyway. Because if anyone's going to have a feeling of justice, a feeling of that you're representing someone on behalf of the people, it's someone in a government position that's taxpayer-funded. Because every dollar you pay goes to making sure that you have oversight of Rachel, and you didn't. And what legal recourse do you have?
0: And what just chills me to the bone is that... The system has not changed. It continues. And how many other Woodys and Rachels are there at, out there? Not everybody's like Woody, you know. And not everybody's going to do what Woody's done and has the ability to do what Woody's done to try and fight for his kid. Um And how many other Rachels are there out there that don't have a Woody on their behalf? Because there's nobody else looking out for them. You know, And and it just... That's the most frightening thought out of all yeah. of this is right. that because what
1: we're doing here, if we can get succeeded, that means that we're looking for them out for them as well.
3: Yeah. So what Who, go ahead, Greg. Another interesting thing is that you talked to how, I would need, how many attorneys did you think you reached out to? Wow. Like 60, 80?
2: Uh, I would say
3: at least
1: 45,
2: at least yeah. 45. Yeah. We met, um, not not including the one that we hired before the team we have now. And we, the team
1: for that one, and then the team for that well, one.
2: Well, Chris Chris <laughs> has met with us with what three or four? Three, or three four, four. Of them. four, Yeah. But we've been to every probably almost every attorney in Indianapolis. We've called them, or we've been there, or we've tried to
1: get and, them engaged. And it, I
3: imagine like only a few you thought were like it, capable it, of handling it and willing to. Uh, uh,
1: well, each one of them would pretty well say something different, or some of them would say something close to the others. Well, wow, this is a real complicated case. Um, we can only do malpractice, maybe. I said, well, I dropped the documents off two weeks ago. You had time. You could have read them. So there's no maybes, because everything's in black and white. Um uh, and number two, her civil rights. I mean, the government was supposed to protect her and oversee her, you know, and everything that's happening with her, and, and they refused to do that. What's the problem?
2: And we actually had two attorneys that said, well, you have a medical malpractice case, but I don't think you'll win in front of a jury because she's a convict.
1: Yeah, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Is and, and the, is Not And the... not only they said that assistant superintendent when i finally got to talk to her she goes well how would you find out and i said well an inmate called oh you mean a convict Yeah. you can't believe a convict
3: can't put him right. up there can't yeah. accept that testimony that's my concern
1: uh, and uh, and i said uh, if i can't believe a convict then where in the hell's my daughter right why haven't i got a <laughs> phone call
0: why who why? who's telling the truth and who's not in
1: the so story. who who where could i go to see her You're the assistant superintendent. You tell me.
0: So is the team that you guys are currently working with, is that somebody that came from one of my recommendations? One of them, yes. Okay. If Woody hadn't, I have been a part of the political system in Indianapolis for 10 years now. And I went to a lawyer friend of mine, a libertarian lawyer, gave him five minute debriefing on what the situation was complicated i asked him for three recommendations uh and he's very well connected in in the the legal system in indiana and and here in town and that's how they got a recommendation so again to get anything done you've got to find an advocate who can kind of understand and help you navigate the system to get what you need which is crazy and i didn't i don't mind doing that at all but it it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> it's so frustrating and maddening when, when you've got something that, you know, I don't have a law degree. I have no desire to ever be a lawyer. I don't have, you know, I'm just a person with common sense, and I sat down and read the documents. And within an hour or two of looking over what you guys have, and we have it's hundreds so, and so hundreds of sheets. clear what happened. And so for a lawyer to say after two weeks that oh, it's very complicated, I'm not quite, I mean, it's
3: a total bull. It is, it's, I, I mean, I have, I, my question is, what, like, so you, a lot of your paperwork you have received, has anyone, has any of it come maybe like from the, a guard or someone reaching out?
2: We haven't seen any of the prison logs yet. Yeah, no, we haven't seen none of the prison so logs. every, every guard, every shift has to do a log. And we haven't seen any of those, especially for the time that she was in Terre Haute Ho- We Hospital. know the
1: guards that were in her room, has to be in her room all the time. You know the nurses anybody they're the ones that fed her what she could eat right. that was the guards.
2: We haven't seen those what all we have seen was the medical records that the lawyer we hired prior to her right. passing away um and and with the case, we're right in the middle of discovery, so it we should be seeing it at some point, and we right. haven't yet, yeah.
3: Do so, I mean I would just say do everything to the T because they'll come after every technicality imaginable. Oh, uh, like that showing up with flowers, right? Well, oh, yeah. I'd but, want the video of that in the hospital immediately. I'd want right. my credit card oh, statements yeah. proving I was you know where oh, you yeah.
0: buy the flowers, where's you know it just so the story is not done and and you're two years out and who knows how much longer both cases are going to take. I mean it's it's just a very long and involved process to to fight the system and it just.
1: You know, I, I, I think I could probably get faster results uh, if our politicians would listen and step up, the prosecutors, if they'll listen and, and say, you know, maybe we should investigate this because these people knew. I can take the prosecutor's records and they'll see it was an, they neglected.
0: Well, the, there's a difference between civil and criminal. I mean, civil, you, it's, it's two parties trying to argue your case. And in a criminal case, it is the weight of the government and the force of government coming down on you, and you have to defend yourself at this point. It's you right. know, it's now it's I mean, guilty it, until proven innocent.
1: Anyway. Right. It's. Uh, I mean, it says that they knew they right. knew all along and just ignored it. The,
0: the the crazy thing is, there is so much evidence. Yes. And they're not being uh, charged or investigated for for more than what Rachel did. All right, you know, it, it, it's just in, insane to me. So,
3: well, they also probably negotiated their procedures and decision making process and got it approved, right? So, like, when they decided to just keep taking her from Terre Haute to Indianapolis, I don't, I would bet that now, that, like Wishard or someone would have had to take her, but those EMT they wouldn't have been reimbursed, so they wouldn't have sought payment, right? And then there would have been repercussions down the line, and one. And that's that's so tough. That I mean, I can understand it. It's just that has to be reformed. There has to be a system, a, a systemic audit of the decision making process. If they're going to keep this system, so many of the behaviors of
0: everyone involved in this story is manipulated by government policy. There is a law or a policy that has been passed by our legislature, enacted by our governor, that causes the behavior of these people in this story to act against their better nature, to act against their conscience, to act against what is decent for another human being. And when we talk about the dangers of growing the government too large, it isn't... Uh, hyperbole It isn't Ranting and raving It is human cost When you are interfering in the Interactions between two people By enacting a law You are causing certain outcomes And these outcomes Are unacceptable And they're totally preventable Because we are interfering In the the affairs Of human beings to the point that they're acting They're acting in e- it's, it's evil what has happened to Rachel.
3: We are so alienated from each other by systems like this. It's, it's unbelievable. to Think two EMTs are sitting there watching someone die and their lungs filled with blood, and the only thing they can think about is, well, we'll probably get in trouble if we go back. Like, what has happened to society? And to just, you know, sitting at a table, talking to people, how could you feel that way about a person ever?
2: Well, and right. I just want to bring up, but and and I know a lot of people are probably thinking, Oh, they're suing and they're gonna get money. We wanted to sue and the big reason that we agreed to it is because if, if it because it becomes part of the public record so right. that everybody know it is it happens. Sure. What we would love to do, what I truly think would make someone listen is if we could force them out of Indiana, mm-hmm. if they lose their contract. Because of stuff like this, then we've actually the hurt them,
0: right?
1: Yeah, they, because they don't have insurance for that.
0: All right, well let's let's wrap up here. Um, well, we always give everybody an opportunity to kind of go over what, what we might have missed, um, or or say their final piece on the show here. Uh, Greg, final thoughts, final questions uh, about the story that we haven't covered.
3: You know, it's funny I, I was I have been battling with the especially from a libertarian perspective, I battle with the privatization if that's a you know, good thing, bad thing, more efficient. And then I battle if we if the if the state had administered everything, how it would have worked out and it's absolutely impossible to tell, but I feel like it, she couldn't have gotten worse care. She couldn't have gotten worse care under a government system frankly nope it's
1: impossible she could not have gotten worse yep and she'd be alive if the government would have looked at those records and said you're not doing something right you need to change and let's go the right direction
3: and without a doubt whoever has power of attorney has to have more rights than they do right now because you barely got access you got lied to you had no recourse you couldn't even go see her no. They'd have used that in a medical malpractice suit to disprove your character, and then it, you right. would have lost for sure. And they already tried to by planning a lie. Right. It, I, there has to be a fundamental, almost bill of rights for uh, power of attorney for people within, the, you know, taken care of by the justice system. That you have immediate, rep- uh, you know, immediate. Like, I don't want to say remediation because there's no getting re you know reimbursed or giving her back, but no. you have to have a certain patient or a certain rights as her power of attorney.
0: Yeah. There needs to be an ombudsman that does their job. <laughs> just Yeah.
1: He, he, you know. Yeah. Even if the ombudsman would have did their job. Right. You I, know, because open door policy for you know, sure.
0: And I think what I'd like to, you know, I'll finish. I'll say my, my piece, but so for each of you individually or together, I mean, f- final thoughts, things that you'd like to, to get out there, and after everything is done legally and everything is out there, we're going to come back and talk to you guys. We can give... You know, with the court records, we want to give Corizon's story. We want to give the state's story. Uh, they're not... If we call, they're not going to talk to us. You know, they're not going to give an interview for this podcast. We just
3: uh, renewed our contract.
0: there. Right. You know, they're not going to sit down and, and give us their side of the story. Um, so when that is all over, we'll look over the court documents and give their side of the story as... as as honestly as we can. Um, uh, so as soon as that is all finished, we want to have you guys back to kind of wrap that up. But in, in the meantime, what are some of your final thoughts that you'd like to get out there?
2: I'd like to see more transparency. So you know, we shouldn't have had to. We shouldn't have had to search for for a month. It shouldn't have been the night before she passes away. Someone telling us she's actually in Terre Haute and she's not doing very well. It should have been right off the get-go. We took her out, you know.
3: They already have her in shackles and handcuffs. Why not have a tracking device on her ankle? Sure.
1: Well, she couldn't walk. Well, she couldn't walk. I mean, but like, you know, having her something weeks. where you know where they are, even, you know. Yeah, yeah she couldn't walk.
2: You know, so that, that whole but thing, there... transparency would have made a big difference because we would have taken the time, instead of spending 11 hours a day trying to find her, trying to find out where she is, we would have spent that 11 hours a day with her every day.
1: But see, their policy was after so long they're supposed to contact you, in which they didn't.
2: They never did. Never they did. never did. I I don't know exactly no. what the policy is, but it's something like a serious illness or something they're supposed to contact. 24 hours or 24 or, something or 48 like that. hours. Yeah. They, they have never windows did. based on
3: severity. Right. right. Yeah.
1: So. Right. Woody? Uh, my thought is, um, you know if we can get enough signatures on a petition to get these prosecutors to say, okay, you know, we're on board. We're not saying run out there and arrest somebody, but, you know, if they're responsible, let the judge decide, you know, and then remove Corizon from, you know, the state. A lot of tax money they're going to be using this state because a, the state does it their They're not going to spend $350 million. You know, so
2: I would actually say I don't want them to go in front of a judge, a jury. A jury, jury. of losers
1: Yeah. You know, I'll let them feel what Rachel, you know. A
2: jury of regular people in here, the story. Yeah. Their side and ours.
1: Well, you know, that, that's about it. And, you know, Chris, I was... Never about lawsuits to begin with. It's something that you said the best way to hurt them, you know, is is their pocket. But finding out they're insured, so we're not going to hurt them that way. Well,
0: hopefully, at least we've got public record. Right.
1: That's correct. Um, I mean, I don't regret what you've said and what we've done. But I think, you know, Let's just treat' them like like they would like the government would treat me, mm-hmm. they would' have me arrested and get you a lawyer and uh I think from
0: my perspective, we'll talk in the next episode a little bit about um the way the criminal justice system ought to look, you know, it's not our style to just kind of leave you hanging and not not give you some solutions but uh you know this has been this has been a tough one certainly out of this is the ninety second episode that certainly uh uh the first time we've ever gone in depth and shown you the human side of politics i mean it it's politics is about human beings and their interactions and the policies that we enact have real human costs and we have to be mindful about that and especially as libertarians because we're also analytical we're all programmers and you know, accountants. We don't think emotionally. A lot of times, we think if we do A, B will happen, and then C will be the outcome. Um, but that's that's just not the way that the world works. Uh, so we need to be mindful when we're in the voting booths in November, and when we're talking to politicians. These outcomes, these these, the things that we've learned through this story about the real human costs of, of, of our government policies and what we allow. And I know that people listening to this podcast, it's preaching to the choir. Um, but, you know, double your efforts. Do more. Um, because it's, it's just imperative. Lives are at stake. And we're not just talking about young Pakistani children that get killed by drones. We're talking about children in your hometown. Killed by people you voted for. Killed by people that you see in the grocery store because they did nothing. You know, it's evil. And uh, we just can't accept it anymore. And you've got to have the same passion about making change that Woody has. Um, now, Woody's motivated by so many more things, mostly and centrally a father's love. Um, but we need to be motivated by what's right. So take this, share it, send it to politicians, send it to candidates, get their perspective on it, z- see if they have humanity left. I mean, plain and simple, do you have humanity left in your soul? <laughs> uh, so thank you for listening to this episode of We Are Libertarians, and uh, we'll- Thank do- you
3: guys for telling the story. And so thank much you guys. So much for having us in your, pl- in your home. Yeah. Thanks for having us.
0: So, and uh if you're in Indianapolis, please look up Flaming Wood BBQ. I'll give I'll give my plug uh to Woody. He makes a mean barbecue. Uh the brisket's amazing, but it's all good. Uh, so come out if you're in the Indianapolis area, I don't know if you're still cooking this this summer and you want to meet Woody uh on Fridays and Saturdays from 11 in the afternoon on at 116th in College. 106th in College, Uh, you'll see a barbecue stand Fridays and Saturdays, weather permitting at 11 a.m. on until he runs out of food. Stop by, grab a bite, say you heard the podcast, meet Woody for yourself. Uh, You'll be uh, thoroughly disappointed when you meet him in person. I'm just kidding. Uh, So uh, Woody will give you a hard time, uh, but you'll enjoy the food. So Alright, thank you for listening to this episode of We Are Libertarians, uh, and until next time, uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening
4: to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at com.